today. Welcome to those of you online. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I know things were a little confusing because Pastor did last week because he was so on fire after the fast and so much was happening. So you have me today, which is actually really good because that um, God always has a plan, right? He always has a plan. So Pastor and I switched, and it was like, yeah, cool, no problem, we'll switch. And as it turns out, they went to conference uh, in California with the Darlings, and their plane got delayed or something. I don't really know all the details, but I know that they're out there somewhere wanting to get home. Um, so they are not here this morning. They send their love. They're online, they say. So hi, Pastors Matt and Stacy, Lauren and um, Barrett. We miss you. We do. So... Um, I am slowly getting there with technology. I was able to actually do my PowerPoint and get it to the team so they can put it up. What I couldn't do was get my notes on my iPad. So I'm back to trusty old paper, which uh, I think is okay, right? Because I'm old, so paper is good. What I want to talk today about is um, something that God birthed in my husband years ago. Um, he birthed this message in him and we talked about it at great length, and the title was Own the Walk. Um, and over the years, we were going to start a blog. We were going to do this. We were going to do that. <clears throat> if it gets in the way, and we just never did it. I think we should do it. <clears throat> you know, I think we should do it. But, um, you know, as it's been in and out of our hearts, it's always um, exciting to me when God g brings it back in. And so really what happened was... I was walking through the halls at where I work, which is a long-term care facility, 24-7-65, and it was one of those days. It was a crazy, insane day there. And there are certain people there that I know walk with the Lord. And so we kind of keep tabs on each other. We pray for one another, things like that. But this was one of those days. And so because of the position I hold, which is a nurse educator, I have to go check on orientees on the floor. And so I've made a habit of every time I walk through these halls, um, because there's three floors and it goes A, B, C, A, B, C on every floor. And there's little offshoots and whatever. But as I'm going through the halls, I will pray. And I, you know, will just pray in my mind, in my heart. I'll pray in the spirit. I'll pray whatever God leads me to pray. And so this one day, I'm walking through the, the hall, and um, when I say it was a crazy day, what I really mean to say there is it was one of those days that could make you lose your Jesus, okay? We all have those days. Anybody who's ever worked outside of possibly a church, and maybe even in a church, because I've done that, and there are always those days. But I'm walking through the hall, and I'm praying, and I'm not praying a negative prayer, okay? I'm praying. And matter of fact, I was probably praying in the Spirit, inside my head and inside my heart. But all of a sudden, God spoke to me very clearly that I was not owning my walk at that moment. And so it brought back into my heart and mind the own the walk that Fred and I had talked about so many times, so many times. And so um, that was a few months ago, but I knew then that the next time I um, spoke, that that was what God wanted me to speak on. Um, clearly, what I'm going to be sharing is my meditation over the last few months, some things that we've talked about, some things that have happened. And so owning the walk has a whole bunch of different levels, right? So there was repentance and there were tears. There was the voice of God in my life. 
There was fire, there was joy, there was life, there was love. But sometimes to get there, we have to really be willing to understand that when we own something, when we own something, um, that means that we take responsibility for it, right? Like I own a house and I can't just not do anything at my house. I own a vehicle. I can't just not do anything to my vehicle, right? Um, I don't really own my children. They're a gift from God. But while they're in, you know, your home and even afterwards, you're, you have responsibilities toward them and what you pour in and how you pour into them, right? So um, basically, uh, one of the things that... Uh, I'm going to put this down here. Get out of the way a little bit. Um, you know, when you own something and you take responsibility for it, you also um, have the right to keep it, right? And you have the, the right to give it away. So if we take ownership of our walk with Christ, we have really the responsibility to take it into our lives, make the changes God wants us to make, and then give away the parts of it that he wants us to give away. Now, I'm pretty sure that Jesus does not want us to give away the negativities because there are no negativities in the kingdom of God, right? Nothing is negative in our life. We make it negative. We take things that happen and we share the ugly, you know? And Pastor did a really good job, I don't know how many weeks ago, could have been months ago, whatever, when we were talking about testimonies, about how your testimony should be very short and it really should be encouraging, you know, it shouldn't be, oh, woe is me. I was this person. And, you know, certainly that happens, right? Um, Fred actually sort of kind of in a way used to make fun of the children when they were complaining and he would start to sing that. That's actually, actually from the Ten Commandments, right? The Israelites are all singing, oh, you know. So anyway, um, that really shouldn't be what we're doing. It should be that we're sharing the joy and sharing the love that we should be owning the part of the walk that's actually going to make a difference in other people's lives, right? I don't want to share things that mean nothing. I don't want to share things that will discourage. I don't want to be that person. But you know what? It's not just about sharing, right? It's about being. It's about being that person, okay? So I could share the joy. I could go up to somebody I don't know and be like, God is good, God is really good, and he's done this, and I didn't have money for my car payment this month, and he supplied the money. He's so good. And then you walk away, and they see you be a completely different person, okay? So I think it really hit me. Um, I switched jobs in August after 10 years with another organization. God opened every door for me to be where I am, and as I said, it's a long-term care facility, it's 24-7, 365. It's very different from what I've done for the last 10 years. It combines, you know, my worlds, both of my degrees. It combines them, and it makes me really, really happy. But it's also very, very different from what I thought it was going to be. And being back in the realm where um, I think there's like 360-some-odd employees, I should know that because I had to make sure they all signed a paper, a few uh, 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 mandatories they're called, and I had to gather them and see if they were going to do them. But I don't know the exact number, but there's a lot of them. And so are there any nurses here? Any nurses? I know we have nurses. Where's my girl, Kate? 
One. We've got one. Okay. So, and she works with me, so. <laughs> but anyway, nurses are really unique. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hi. Nurses are really unique creatures, okay? I think the nurse's station is one of the worst places to be. Now, you know, I'm sure there are people who work in other places, but nurses tend to say anything because we've seen everything, right? Like, we're nurses, so you can't do part of our job without, you know, seeing people at their very lowest point, okay? Um, but because of that, we, send it, we tend to say things that, you know, are very coarse. Um, so, um, not, not to offend, but I work with somebody who calls themselves the swearing nurse because, you know, that happens sometimes, right? So when you're, you're in that environment, you have to check yourself all the time. No matter what environment you're in, you have to take ownership of every word that comes out of your mouth, okay? So, um... Basically, that's kind of what happened on this day, right? Like, there was a lot of negativity around. Um, there was a lot happening. People were upset. They were angry. There were tears. There was anger. Then there was the flip side of that saying, it's going to work out, you know? And, of course, I'm the newbie. I'm the newbie, so nobody really knows me, nor are they really going to believe me. But, you know, one of my jobs, believing that I've been called to there, is to really own my walk the minute I walk in those doors. You know, sometimes you do a good job, sometimes you do a bad job. But this particular day, God said to me, you are not owning your walk in the moment. Now, I was literally walking down a hallway. We're all in masks, you know, because it's long-term care and we have to be. And there's units that are closed because, you know, there's been exposures and whatever. And I was kind of really just grouchy. I was grouchy. I was grouchy on the inside. Uh, really, the, the, um, the teammate that I work most directly with, we have a great relationship. And so we can say to each other, I didn't sleep last night, or there's this going on, I'm a little bit grouchy, you know. Um, but we try not to bring it outside the room. So anyway, that's just the beginning, right? That's just the beginning. So Matthew 5.13 Actually, before I even start the scriptures, you can leave it up. But before I even start, I would say probably 70% of the scriptures on the screen today are going to be things you've already heard, okay? But I have to go where God asks me to go. And I'm, you know, I really want us to open our hearts on, to a broader level because even though you've heard it before, I need to hear it again. So maybe you need to hear it again. You know, maybe God's going to drop something different into your spirit with it, Okay? So anyway, Matthew 5:13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good then for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So being a nurse, science is pretty interesting to me, right? So, you know, but science was created by God. So it's God that's interesting in this scripture. You know, I find it incredibly interesting that salt can really kind of lose its flavor um, if it's exposed to humidity, okay, if it's got chemical impurities in it. Um, if the temperature drops below 10, <laughs> like, as I'm researching this, I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird, right? Um, but it never loses its properties as salt. 
So it turns into kind of a dust in those um, situations. And so if you were to put it in your mouth, it's not going to be as salty as the salt you're going to put on your prime rib, okay? Um, but it never loses the properties of salt. So go back to Matthew. Um, if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? So it still has the properties of salt, okay? But what you do with your salt is really up to you, right? I can expose it to humidity. I can go out in the cold with it. Okay, I can mix it in something so that it, there's not as much of it. So, you know, a lot of people in a lot of restaurants put a few grains of rice in their salt shakers because it keeps the salt from absorbing moisture and then you can't get it out. And then somebody has a joke, undoes the top, and you tip it over and, you know, you get the entire shaker, right? So, yeah, I, I've seen it done. I've seen it done in my house. It's okay. It's all right, you know. But... You know, um, the fact that it never loses its properties. So you know what? You can let your salt become unseasoned, but your salt is still there, okay? Your salt is still there. And so why is your salt there? Well, you know what? You need it. Your body needs it for your heart, for nerve conduction, for things like that, right? Um, it helps relax the fibers in your body. But you know what? We need salt to live. If you go to the hospital and they say that your, your sodium is too low or your sodium is too high, both are bad, right? So if I have too much sodium in my body, that's going to cause my legs to swell. Or if I'm in congestive heart failure, it'll cause water there, okay? So this is a science lesson for y'all. You're all going to be nurses afterwards, okay? But that's bad, right? So, so if I have heart issues and, or hypertension, I'm not supposed to have a lot of salt because it can cause water and swelling, and that's bad. That can actually hurt you very badly. It can actually kill you. So we don't want that. If I don't have enough salt, it can short-circuit my heart, and it can cause, like, the nerve fibers in your body to not respond the way they are. So, you know, how do we, how do we know? Well, it's how we feel, right? Well, if I'm the salt of the earth, and I'm not supposed to, you know, be led by feelings... I have to go by the fact that God needs to season me. And I need to trust him that I'm going to have just enough of what I need to take ownership of my walk in every single situation. Every single situation. Every place I go. Everyone I meet. I don't get to be too salty or I don't get to be not salty enough. I need to be right here. It's like a pendulum in everything we do, right? And so, you know, we're going to talk about how to get there momentarily, okay? Um, so, no one can see my salt. I love that. So, um, no one can see my salt. Now, before I tell this story, I'm going to preface it with, y'all know you've done it too, okay? There's probably not a single person in here as a kid who didn't do this, okay? So, it's a hot day. And I'm out running around, and, you know, when you lick your lips, you can sort of taste the salt, and then you, like, lick your hand, because you're like, right? All right, see, y'all are laughing, so that means you've done it too, all right? You can taste your salt. How weird would it be if somebody came up and licked your hand, right? Totally weird, all right? And I don't want to know if y'all did that, okay? But what I'm saying is, 
Nobody can really taste my salt. So my salt that Jesus puts in me, the seasoning that God puts in me, the flavor that he gets me into me is unique to me. I am not Brian. Brian is not me, right? I am not Jessica. Jessica is not me. I have been wonderfully, I hate to use the word accused, but I'm going to, of being like a very like bada bing bada boom person. I am. I'm very black and white. You know, I don't function well in gray at all, okay? And there are times where, you know, I need a little bit more mercy and a little bit more grace. I have to really pray about that. Lord, give me mercy, give me grace, because bada bing bada boom doesn't work with everybody, right? It really doesn't. Sometimes you need a little more grace and a little more love. And it's not that I don't have that. It's that... Um, that's really harder for me to present, working on it. A lot of years working on it, okay? So when we talk about being the salt of the earth, we're all in different shakers, okay? We're all in different shakers. So be proud of the shaker that God has given you and work toward the goal of keeping that shaker full. All right, so let's continue with Matthew 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So light clearly is a very different story, right? Like people can see our light, they can be affected by our light, just like they can be excuse me, affected by our salt. But, you know, light is very visible, okay? Um, light can travel 671 million miles an hour, all right? In my lifetime, even with a Fitbit, I am never going to travel 671 miles, okay? I'm not going to do it, all right? But here's the thing. Do you know light can run out of energy? It can. It'll run, and it'll run, and it'll run, and it'll run, and then it runs out of energy, okay? Um, it runs out of energy because of the combination of the way it moves through space and the way light behaves. The way light behaves as both a particle and a wave. That hit me when I read that. So I can lose my light, right, by the way I move through the day, the way I move through the day, right? And by the way I behave. Wow. So how am I moving through the day? How am I behaving? Where's my light? You know, Pastor Matt um, did the little example. He had Lauren open the door and it's dark in there and it's really dark in there. And if you open the door, the darkness doesn't penetrate the light. The light penetrates the darkness. But how am I using my light? Right? How am I moving through my day? How am I moving through my day? How am I behaving when things happen? All right? I don't understand the science to light like that. I really don't. Um, and that's not the kind of science I like. But I do understand what God spoke to me. I truthfully do. And so as I meditated on that, I was like, 
God, how am I moving through my day? All right? How am I behaving? You know, if people look at me, are they going to see Elizabeth before Christ? Or are they going to see Elizabeth after Christ? But more importantly, are they seeing Elizabeth moving with Christ? Am I carrying the light that he wants me to carry into wherever I am going? Okay? So, again, I'm at work while this is kind of brewing in me, and I'm meditating on it. And day after day, I'm, you know, coming into situations where I have a better opportunity, more of an opportunity to present myself in a different way and to make sure that I don't run out of light and that my salt and my shaker is exactly what God wants it to be. Um, so here's the thing. I'm so happy. We are so happy that you're either on live and you're at home and you're watching or you're here in these seats. Isn't it glorious? Isn't it wonderful? We have live worship. They're awesome. The presence of God is here. We get to see our friends and, and you know, fellowship with people who believe the same as we do. And you know what? Um, this is one of those places where when God says, I am holy and I have called you to be holy, it's so easy on Sunday, right? It's so easy on Sunday to be righteous, to walk in righteousness, right? But it's also the place where we can be ourselves. It was a tough week. I need prayer. Or, you know what? I bombed this week. This happened, and I'm feeling terrible, and I just want to confess my sins one to another. And, you know, your prayer warrior is here or, or someone that you really trust. And, you know, we have prayer under the screens for healing and whatever you may need. And so Sunday is so easy. It is so easy. And because we're filled with the presence of God and because, you know, we've got it and we heard from the Lord during praise and worship and, and during the message, there was this thing that really hit my heart and I'm excited and then, you know, I can go home and I can have dinner and I can relax in the afternoon and I'm still kind of pumped up because God is good. And then the alarm goes off at 5.30 on Monday morning and you've got to get ready for bed and you're tired and so you, get, you got to get ready for bed. Not at 5.30 in the morning. You got to get out of bed. You got to get out of bed. You got to get ready for work, right? And you're a little tired. Maybe you stayed up a little too late. I know, I'm not, I'm not a football person, but I know pretty soon there has to be a Super Bowl, right? Or did, did I miss it? Was the, did the Super Bowl happen? I missed it? Okay, so, so you were probably up really late. Did, are you, I don't believe Zachary. Did I miss the Super Bowl? I should have known better. I should have known better. Thanks, son. I love you. Um, so you may stay up too late, and then you've got to get up, and you've got to get ready for bed, and you go in, and the first thing that hits you is, in, in my world, something might have happened over the weekend, and so that's in my email, and i got to deal with that, and then blah, 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 and, you know, it's Monday, right? It's Monday. Um, right, life. We live it every day is what Fred and I always say. We live life every day. How are you living it? How are you owning the walk on Monday? And you know what? By Wednesday, woo, right? I'm dragging my feet by Wednesday. And then there's always the, oh, it's Wednesday. Two more days, right? So, so at my old job, this is what we'd say on Monday. You know, 
it's Monday. Tuesday is a useless day. It means absolutely nothing unless somebody brings you a snack and a cup of coffee. Wednesday, we're halfway through the week. Glory to God. Thursday is the day before Friday, so it's a good day. And Friday is, thank God it's Friday, right? So I did that in the elevator at work on Friday, and one of my orientees said, how do you have this kind of energy in the morning? And I was like, Jesus, that's all I got. You know, I don't have a magic, you know, anything. I don't take happy pills to, you know, get me through the day. I'm not sucking on a Tic Tac that makes my mouth burn. So I'm like, ah, not doing it. I just have Jesus. That's what I have. And you know what? I was pretty tired. I don't sleep well. It's one of the things about me. Fred doesn't sleep well. We never, the dog sleeps, but that's about it, you know? So, you know, you cannot let Jesus run your life on Sunday and give him your best on Sunday and open your heart to him on Sunday and let him move on Sunday and then try to run your own life Monday through Saturday. Or try to take ownership of something that's rightfully his. So remember when I said, you know, it's own the walk is the title of this message. Talked a little bit about owning something, having a responsibility with it. So God takes ownership of us. He created us. He created us to be and to do for his good will, right? To, to do and to will whatever he wants in us. But you know what? He also gave us free will. And so we have to yield to him. And it is just so much easier on Sunday to yield to him. So by Tuesday, do you have the same walk? By Wednesday, what do you look like? By Friday, are you just like, whoo, I made it through the week. That's okay. It's just my hair clip. Um, you know, I made it through the week. Thought for a minute it was going to be the microphone and I was going to be really messed up then. Um, but what do you look like by the end of the week? You know, would, would Jesus be proud of your walk? Are you proud of your walk? You know, because there are days where I come home and I'm not proud of myself. Lillian lives with us and she sees pretty much the worst of me because she's home usually when I get home. And... Um, so I've never gotten home before other people before, so that's a blessing of this position that I have, is now if I leave on time, I'm home by 3.20. Never in 10 years has that happened. I worked 10, 12-hour days, yada, 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 yada. And so I can get home, and Lillian will usually come upstairs, and um, you know I'll go, how was your day, dear, for both her now and when Fred gets home. And she'll come up and she'll say, how was your day? And sometimes she gets... Bada bing, bada boom, and sometimes she gets yada 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 yada, and I just don't stop. And so my husband is very grateful for her presence because he used to get this. But interestingly enough, when I realized I was oftentimes being negative because she's been there while I was at my other position, and then she went through the transition with us. So. You know, I really wanted to try to switch things up. I wanted to get to the place where the yada, yada, yada wasn't as Elizabeth and it was more Jesus. So I don't know that I'm there yet. Feel free to not ask her after church. Um, but, you know, that's what being conscious of your walk is about. You know, how you're going to do it. So, you know, 
I want to be the person who owns the walk by submitting to, to Jesus, to submitting to my God, the only true God, the God who loves me, created me, changed me, forgives me, you know, has plans for me. I, I don't want to drag my feet. I don't want to be the person who's not willing to change because change is hard. Come on. Let's face it. Change is hard. You know, Fred and I had so much change in our life from August through December. It was hard. It still is kind of hard. But you know what? We're not going to drag our feet. I'm not going to drag my feet. And the other thing I'm not going to do is run ahead of Jesus. Right? If I run ahead of Jesus, where's my light? Right? Where's my light? It's behind me. And that doesn't really work well when you're walking through a forest or if you're in a desert spot. You know, mountaintops, maybe you'll have a little light, right? But you still shouldn't run ahead of Jesus. So we want to walk with him, okay? And we don't want to, we don't want to behave in a way that's going to cause others not to see the light that God created, you know, in you. So what do you do when the unexpected happens? Okay? How do you react? So, you know, there are two different words I learned being in leadership at the other organization I was in. Respond and react. Okay? It is inherently better to respond to something than to react. Because if you react, often it's going to look like frustration or anger or you're upset, responding, you can hold back, okay? You can do one of those inside, I want to explode, but then you can say, you know what, I need to think about that, or I'll get back to you on that, or we're going to come up with a positive plan. All of those phrases take a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. But, you know, in the kingdom, if we come up, with responses that are godly for situations. Because you all know, when you're talking to somebody about Jesus, they're going to say something about, yeah, well, where was God when this happened? Why didn't he love me then? Sure, you have a really easy life. Nothing going wrong in your life. Well, so you know what? Everybody's got stuff. Every single person here has stuff. I got stuff, you got stuff, we got stuff. It's what you do with your stuff. And it's how you treat people understanding that they have stuff. You know, I mean, I've shared Jesus with people and known just a little bit of their life and think to myself, I don't know what I would have done with that. You know, but you have to come up with the kingdom response. Okay? If you react in the kingdom and just say something very blanket, like, Jesus loves everybody. Well, that person doesn't feel like Jesus loves them. That person doesn't feel like they have Jesus in their life at all. Things are going badly. You know, one of my old pastors, one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me was when, and, and I think it was during a message, I don't think it was one-on-one, but I think it was during a message, was when people are crying, sometimes you just cry with them. Just cry with them. Love on them, pray with them, but don't try to give them a solution right then because you know what? They're grieving, whatever it is. You know, maybe they're grieving a loss. Maybe they're grieving a mistake. Maybe they're grieving a sin. We can bring them through that, but 
cry with them, you know? So I think that, you know, it, on the flip side is true. How do we rejoice when something good happens? When something good happens, do you say, it just all came together. I'm just so happy it all came together. Is that what you say? Or do you say something like, you know, God is good. God took care of that. Right? Um, you know, God opened the doors. All right? Um, because it's different, right? Isn't one showing your light and the other one just showing the situation? Right? Almost like your light burned out. So that actually happened to me this morning. Um, we have this, um, it's a WhatsApp for work. And um, I was surprised that the infectious disease nurse must have been on today. And because there's some COVID flying around, one unit has to be tested. And now it's, I don't know how many units, whatever. Um, but posted that every COVID test this morning was negative. That's huge in the world where we work. Because if we get to a certain number of days, we actually get to stop testing, blah, 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 blah. My gut reaction was to put, you know, awesome, praying that that continues. So my director of nursing weighed in, great news. Um, the deputy administrator, I think, is his name. He weighed in and said something. And I had actually typed, praying that that continues, and I erased it. And I feel terrible. But I, it goes out to everybody. And so in the position I'm in, you know, we teach all this stuff about respect and beliefs and whatever. And one of the things that we, we teach is I get to have my own opinions. I get to have my own beliefs. What I don't get to do is have them become part of your work and you become judgmental and whatever like that. So I was like, you know, I, I really, really, really wanted to put it there. And I think it would have been taken okay, you know. But on the flip side, you know, there, there's just some weird weird ways that people think. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to ask on that tomorrow. If I had put that, if I had put that, what would have happened? <laughs> you know, um, instead I just prayed. But I think I lost part of my walk on that. I really do. You know, and knowing I was preaching today, I went in and just sat down and prayed and was like, Lord, if I lost part of my walk on that, forgive me, change me, help me to be bolder, you know, that kind of thing. So Philippians 2, 12 through 16. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in, in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. We talked about that a little bit, right? So do all things without complaining, disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So, you know, I love that Paul says how much more in my absence, right? So again, we're here on Sunday. It's super easy because we're in each other's presence. We're in God's presence. We're in our friend's presence. And they believe too. So I can say things to them. I can do everything here to be holy and to be righteous, right? But Monday through Friday, 
and Saturday, depending on what you do with it, because a lot of people spend Saturday together and with other friends who are in the kingdom and things like that, right? Um, <clears throat> but we're children of God 24-7, 365. There's no vacation from God, and who would want one anyway, right? I don't want vacation from God. I really don't. And I don't want vacation from my family of believers. I don't. But you know what? Um, 24-7-365 is, is hard. It's hard. And, you know, um, I really am finding myself phrasing things differently where I work because I used to, for 10 years, say, have a great weekend. Do something fun. Do something for you, you know? And now I work in this environment where there's people here all the time or there all the time. And so I find myself saying, you on shift this weekend? And if they say yes, I say, you know, I'll say a prayer for you. <laughs> weekends are tough. You're always short-staffed Monday through Sunday anyway, but the weekends are even tougher. You know, I'll say a prayer for you, you know. Um, not good luck, which is a negative thing. Because when we say good luck to each other, we usually mean like lots of luck with that. Figure it out on your own because nobody's going to help you. But if I say I'm praying for you, at least they have some hope, right? Um, I've done the evening shift. I've worked 3 to 11 long, long time ago. And it's a whole different, whole different environment. Whole different, like, mindset and people set and everything like that. And I started thinking, like, what's the evening shift in my life? Right? Because day shift, 7 to 3, I'm like, woo, God! I'm praying, I'm praising, I'm reading the word, and I'm like seven to three, and I'm good, I'm good, you know? And then three to 11, most people who work three to 11 are up during the day anyway. You know, they work three to 11 because maybe then nobody has to watch the kids for very long, and, you know, it's a whole different thing. But they're a lot more subdued, you know? And they don't have the energy that that seven to three shift usually has, um, and so, you know, during the rough times and you're on 3 to 11 in your life, you have to stop and consider your shaker and your light, right? So you've got to figure that out. You've got to find a way in the hard spots to own your walk and to stay positive and to not let people, you know, it's, it's okay to have emotions. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you're in an environment that there's just a little bit of Jesus, maybe, then you are the light. You are the salt. And you have to own that walk. You have to be the person who walks proudly in Jesus and is willing to say, I'm going to pray for you, okay? Or is willing to say, you know what? I'm not sure I totally agree on that. That just doesn't sound like a good decision. Well, why isn't it a good decision? You know, why shouldn't we do that? Well, I'm not sure ethically it's right, and I stand in a place of, of high morals. I, when I teach my class, there's certain parts of what I teach where I say, you know, um, some of these rules are hard to follow because people just aren't used to rules anymore, right? And we work in an environment, a long-term care facility with older people, where we have, to, we have to maintain their human dignity for them, okay? And so... That sticks in my head because you know what? Jesus in me makes me a different person and I should walk 
in the dignity of Christ. I should walk in the joy of the Lord. I should walk in the hope of my salvation. I should walk in the grace and mercy that God has given me so I can pour it out to other people. So yes, there's just a different sort of thinking that God has been speaking to me in where I work and what I do in the population. But you know what? He spoke it to me so I could bring it here. He spoke it to me because, you know, my passion has to revolve around the God who saved me. My passion has to be in the fact that wherever I go, he goes with me. So if Jesus is with me everywhere I go, doesn't my walk look a lot different? Shouldn't it look a lot different? It should. And you know, sometimes I fail miserably. I do. But the good news is I can come home again. I can have a homecoming every time I need it. God is welcoming. He's welcoming me home. Every time I say to him, God, I blew it. My walk is, I don't know, it's in the gutter, man. I went off. I went off on a rabbit trail. I chased a rabbit trail, Jesus. I went ahead of you. Or God, I could be there. Jesus, I could be there. And you know what? I dragged my feet behind me. I said, eh, I'm not ready, Lord. I'm not ready. Or, eh, it's not what I wanted. No, nope. not going to take it. Holding out for a management position. You know what I mean? Sometimes God is like, go here. Stay here. Learn here. Grow here. Stay here. Learn here. Grow here. And other times, he's like, yo, Elizabeth. And he's like pulling me to a place that I'm not sure I can handle or even sure I want to be. But you know what? If you walk with Jesus, if you own the walk that he's given you, if you become the human he wants you to be, you'd be surprised how much you can handle in God. You'd be surprised the difference you can make. Okay, how do we do this? I'm going to close here. Well, in a little bit. Psalm 119, the whole thing. No, that's a joke because we, we joke about that at my house. When somebody's praying for dinner and they're going on and on, we go, Psalm 119. Finish up. Dinner's getting cold, you know. But anyway, Psalm 119, 164, 165. Seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. So how do we own the walk? How do we own it, right? We praise, we pray, we read the word of God. We don't become sloths in that. It becomes the priority in our life. I get up early. I am not an early spend time in the morning with God person. I am more like a later kind of person. Um, but there are a variety of different ways that I get my time in, okay? Because spending time with God is super, super important, okay? We trim our wicks by spending time with God, by praising God, by, by reading the word, okay? We can't just hear this word on Sunday or any word on Sunday. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who's preaching. You come because you want to hear the word of God. You don't get to just take this word of God and milk it through your week, I'll listen to 15 minutes here, and I'll listen to five minutes here, and I'll grab that, and then I'll go. That won't work. It won't work. Because this is what God spoke to me for today, for, for our, our family here. But right now, it's my passion. Your passion may be something else. But the only way you're going to find your walk 
And how to keep your passion is to do this, to spend time. All right? We need that fire, that passion, that grace, that love, that mercy every moment of every day. And you know what? Some days we're completely miserable people. It happens. Stuff happens that brings us down emotionally. But spiritually, we need to keep our passion. If you don't lose your passion for Christ and the word of God and worship every time something goes wrong in your life, that passion's going to build. Your light's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And you're going to hear God more and you're going to be able to do more for God. But you got to take ownership of your own walk. I can't do it for you. Pastor, Pastor Matt can't do it for you. Pastor Stacy can't do it for you. The leadership team can't do it for you. Worship team isn't going to do it for you. Your bestie's not going to do it for you. You have to take ownership of your own walk and say, God, I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I, I want to own this walk, Lord. I want to do what you want me to do. And it's not always going to be easy. It's not. But you know what? God is faithful to the end, even when we're not faithful. All right? So, you know... Um, we need to own our own walk because there's a lot of land that God wants us to walk on, right? Pastor Tom used to tell um, Fred and I that um, we're marketplace pastors. You know, we've been professionals for a long time. And, um, you know, we've, we've over the years been able to minister to a lot of people and see a lot of people come to Jesus um, and he said it during his messages too, but you know what? Bloom where you're planted and take ownership of that place. Take ownership of that walk. If you own your walk wherever God plants you, that land's going to become fertile. That land's going to become harvestable. And we're going to see souls come to Christ. Isn't that our goal? Isn't that what we're meant to do? Right? So be a living, breathing example of salt and light. No matter what the situation, what the circumstances, have joy. Have joy. Have joy. Okay? You know, a lot of you know that my mother-in-law passed away in December, December 1st. And Fred and I went to work on Friday because there was nothing to be done. Um, and a lot of people said, how, how could you come to work? How could I not come to work? She was 100 plus years old with a beautiful life, with joy in her spirit, who loved the Lord. And was I sad? Absolutely. It was very hard. But you know what? God gave us the strength to go in. And then there were a lot of people I got to talk to that day about the joy of the Lord, about the fact that you'd ask my mother-in-law, how come you're, how'd you get to be so old? And she'd say, I just don't let things bother me. I pray a lot. You know, such a sweet, sweet, sweet spirit. Okay? So... Wherever we spend most of our time is where we walk, okay? But we need to be prepared. Galatians 6.16, as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them. What's the rule? What's the rule? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you read Galatians, okay, matter of fact, I haven't, I'm not going to read it. I have it marked out in my Bible. But it talks about walking in the Spirit, bearing one another's burdens, okay, being generous, doing good, glory only in the cross, that Christ was crucified for me, little old Elizabeth. He died for me, right? 
So glory in those things. Don't glory in your successes. You know what? I am where I am because of Jesus Christ. My husband is where he is at work because God opened every door. Okay? It had nothing to do with us. Had nothing. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even have my job if it weren't for my sister in the Lord who told me about it. So she told me about it and said, eh, give it a shot. She prayed, I prayed, got the job. That was God. Had nothing to do with my resume. It was God. God put her in a place to put me in a place. Where two or more are gathered, you know what? We're going to see great things where we work. We're going to see people come to Jesus. We are, okay? Um, Psalm 37, 37. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. Owning the walk builds character, okay? Character, it builds grit in you. It gives you, it gives you intensity, okay? It, it puts respect in you for the fact that, you know, God did this for me and I'm going to respect all these other humans here because I know God's going to do it in them, right? It allows you to focus on God, all right? Owning your walk allows you to focus on God and not the situation, not the circumstance, okay? If we're going to have to navigate this thing called life, you want to do it by yourself, more power to you. I, I don't know how successful that's going to be. But if you want to navigate life with Christ, allow him to order your steps so you can have a, a, a walk that you can take ownership of in the kingdom through the word of God, through prayer, through praise. You know, the way to do that is to be accountable to God. Be accountable to him. Spend time with him, right, in everything we do. So you don't get to leave God home when you go out of your door. You don't get to leave God home here at the church the minute you walk out the door. If you want to own the walk, take Jesus with you wherever you go this afternoon, wherever you're going to be Monday through Saturday, and then come back in next Sunday a little more pumped for Jesus because I guarantee you he's going to do something spectacular. He will do something spectacular, all right? When we walk in that righteousness, we are going to walk in the peace of God. If you don't know Jesus here today, if you don't know what this walk is that I'm talking about, I don't have a walk. She's talking about a walk. I don't know what she means, walk with Jesus. Well, it's giving your heart to the Lord. So if you haven't ever asked Jesus into your heart, just raise your hand. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray. So we're all believers here. That's pretty cool. It's going to be interesting, fun, wonderful to see what you do with your week. I, I don't need to know, but God will know. So, you know, go from here, be blessed, walk with God, own your walk, be that person that God wants you to, to be. So I'll have Brian come up and do the, um, the tithe and offering. Pray for the pastors and the darlings that they're on a plane somewhere <laughs> and that they get home safely, please.